yeah anyway my plant and i had a lovely holiday <laughs> no lot there's no emmet anymore it's just the plant no Emmet um, is the plant. Emmet, Emmet is not the plant. The plant is the plant, and no one can replace the plant. Um, I, I've monster, <laughs> beautiful monster, deliciosa. <laughs> and as you can hear, we have a special person who's come back. The prodigal son of podcasting return. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> woo! Um, we actually have never even mentioned that you've been gone for weeks. No, we have. I've just been really, really quiet. I've yeah. been there. I've yeah. just been really quiet. Yeah. She forgot but, to plug um, her mic in. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> like editing Becca sorted out. <laughs> <laughs> she was actually there for all the episodes. I just cut all her audio out. But um, <laughs> rude. Uh, but anyway, uh, if you need to introduce yourself. Yeah, if you don't know, Chloe's back. Hello, Chloe. friends and foes alike. Let's go. I am back. And it feels good to read books again. It does. Woo. Um, but uh, we don't introduce ourselves at all. So we're going to try and do that today. So I'm Rebecca. I'm Nikki and I'm half vaccinated. <laughs> I love how there's such a long pause. Like I can't do it. I just like I have to like my brain like the reaction time is mm. slow. And then the zoom lag on top of it makes it look really slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I don't edit I'm 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 not gonna edit that little yeah. lag out it's I'm so sorry. funny it's like a, a, a point a half second zoom lag and the rest is just me <laughs> you don't know this but I've had to just edit like at least like 15 minutes of audio I've, there about 40 um, because <laughs> I got a phone call Chloe got a phone call we were chatting there was a lot I was stuff. watching TikTok and um so i'll go back into what i had been talking about and then edit it so <laughs> smooth um, continuity me with my segue is just like not nah, i'm just not, not speaking bothered. of transition <laughs> but um i finally listened to uh sentimental garbage yes. ah! um i was um love you caroline and so yeah we do love caroline o'donoghue but sweet um, caroline that felt like the natural choice oh oh. (laughs) um but uh i've been i've been kind of tweeting and like putting stuff up on the grim reader instagram being like i'm having i'm a bit sad could people recommend good books or like blah blah and um so I was like, yesterday I was like, I got um, everything to make spaghetti bolognese because that's like my ultimate comfort food. That and lasagna. You can see why bon I'm an Italian. Yep. I think these and these um, these things are closely related. These things are very closely related. <laughs> and as you can see on this Venn diagram. <laughs> Rebecca's love Italian food and Rebecca's Italian love boyfriend. Italian men. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, so uh, it's because my boyfriend has moved country, and uh, I was incredibly rude. Incredibly Very rude. rude. How That's dare it. you, Matteo? And uh, I was just like, do you know what? I'm going to listen to some women, uh, justice for dumb women, and I'm gonna. I stuck on episodes about like Marion Keys books, and to be honest, oh my god, they're so good. I'm comfort probably, food for your ears I'm it gonna is. go for a walk later and I'm going to be listening to another episode about Marion Key's books and yes. the one on, have you read Chocolat I have actually yeah yeah it's because uh, they talk I really like the episode about Chocolat um 
but yeah so and i listened to the episode so good yeah i'm just doing that one now and i listened um in the car yesterday i listened to uh her episode talking about her own book scenes of a graphic nature Mm -hmm. and like it just threw it into that one so good yeah um and like I was just like you know I was kind of thinking over the last few days I was like imagine if I wrote a book and I was like I'm not talented like and then yes, like and then listening to her like talking about it, I was like oh, that's an option out the window <laughs> I told um I told Chloe that I think it was like around February I was like Becca's gonna write a book yeah yeah, Becca's already written the bones of about 20 books on this book. She has. And one day we will be able to hold these books in our hands and have of a our book ears. club episode. I highly doubt it because I, if I ever write something, I'll send you on a sample and then you'd be like, don't write the book. We will <laughs> be, uh, Becca, be you could send me a crock of shit. I'm going to tell you to write it. Like, I'm yeah. an enabler. But we, on top we are both of that, enablers. if it's good, everyone will know. <laughs> If this it's bad, true. everyone will still know. No, if it's bad, everyone will know I'm still... proud of you. Yeah. If it's bad, <laughs> we're still having a book club episode. Yeah. <laughs> book club episode of me being like, I wrote this. I think it's a crack of shit, but <laughs> go buy it. <laughs> no, I don't think that day will ever happen. Um, my you mom, guys, yeah. I didn't yeah. get to tell you my news, but my oh. plant again. Oh, <laughs> the plant I just want to talk. I, st- I want to talk about it more. I just love him. <laughs> Does he have a name? Um, Paula the plant. She's oh, a Paula. she's a woman. She's a woman. The um, lady. She's the lady. Whoa, whoa. It's, um, she is a monstrosa deliciosa, and this is a call for and help. She is absolutely deliciosa. Oh, she's deliciosa, and um, this is a cry for help. Please give me plant care. I I learned what propagation means and I'm propagating leaves now. If any friends would like, I think I can propagate an aloe vera plant. Either way, I'm trying. Plant mother has (laughs) arrived. Plant, plant, uh, plant unqualified babysitter has arrived. (laughs) Unqualified, yes. But it'll be fine. You'll learn on the job. It's grand. I've got one more. I've got one more bit of important news. Okay, go. I am now one episode behind in The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and it's been five days and I haven't watched it. And I'm four episodes behind in Love Island. I'm surprised about that. Actually, I'm kind of interested in starting to watch Love Island purely because of Marion Keys. Oh my God, Marion Keys. I I literally am logging into Marion Keys Twitter to see what happened in Love Island because I missed it the last few days. Yeah. She has the same opinions as me. I'm like, yes, girls. Would it be possible if I started watching Love Island now that I could just go back like a month on Marion Keys' Twitter and just learn? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I might so. study up. I you should study st- up. you should still watch the Casa more when they come back from Casa more because that was like that was I know there was tea. That was the best tea. television. I know <laughs> that someone is a really bad guy. Liam, and we don't like him. Yeah, we, we, we hate that guy. Yeah. This is right. the Millie Stans podcast. I, I for one totally concur. <laughs> Has. Okay. Yeah. And I Becca, think we're, we're all supposed to love Teddy, isn't it? yeah teddy and Faye. i love Faye so much she's one of my favorites from the beginning because i just think she's a mad bitch (laughs) i just really really like her because like all the other ones are like really flirty and like Faye would just be like ah you're right you're right in it like she just won't give them an inch like she's amazing god bless this mess yeah 
Okay, Becca, poor Becca is going to have to somehow edit this to sound like a book podcast. <laughs> It'll be fine. We'll get into books Your now. Love Island review podcast <laughs> with one person who's watched some of Love Island and two. Honestly, that's a not. concept. That's a concept. Con- one person like, who knows the other per- two. No, no, no. One person know. who vaguely knows. One person who follows Marion Keys and one person who who needs to follow Marion Keys. <laughs> okay, are we talking about books now? We Who are very excited. Chloe is back. That's why. That's the thing. We're just here for the chat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Chloe actually hasn't read a book. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm just I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> no, uh, Chloe's up first. Um, but I haven't decided who's guessing who. So what book are you doing, Chloe? I am doing No One Is Talking About This by Patricia Lockwood. <gasps> okay, I'm I'll so give excited that, to I'll talk give, about it. I don't know the plot at all, but I'm going to give Great. that uh, to uh, Nikki. I feel like I know what the cover of this is. Because I've, I, it's been it's nominated everywhere. for a load of awards yeah. recently. It's like, it's a women's shortlisted book. Yeah, it was yes. for the Women's Prize and it's uh, long listed for the Man Booker. Yes, I know this cover well. Okay, I am looking at No One Is Talking About This by Patricia Lockwood. And we're looking at, um, the, the, the cover is beautiful. It is. It's so beautiful. It's a very pretty cover. It's, um... So we're looking at an image of the sky, but kind of it's almost like when you're looking out a window and you can see a little bit like I'm sorry, flat earth is you kind of can see a curve when you're on the plane. I'm just going to say it. (laughs) You see a little bit of the curved clouds. The rainbow is also here. It's very beautiful. And um, Becca said it's Instagram aesthetic. She's actually written that in the group chat instead of interrupting me. Hi, that's, me that's a little nudge for me being like, hey guys, post on the social media pages, please. <laughs> I, I said that is me robbing someone's photo from Google Images. Oh, is it's it? not my photo. <laughs> oh, you can have oh, my photo if you want. Oh, Damn, I was like, oh my God, that looks so professional. Yeah, I love it. This is a very she pro lied to shot. Us. She lied oh, to us. Chloe. Thanks, Chloe, for the shot. I've actually just added in a picture. Oh my God, you didn't even take off desk. the sticker with the price tag. <laughs> I'm a hot mess express. Oh no, is that sunscreen in the background? That is You're sunscreen. We, we There's a toy car. This is There's being put on the Instagram. Music. This is um, being put on the Instagram. There is a panty liner hiding out there, a beret, very me, um, a, a CD of Slovenian choral There's music. a red car. There's a red dinky car. Why do you need so many I'm a bands? primary school teacher. Jesus. <laughs> I'm covered in glitter at all times. As you should be. Okay, so no one is talking about this by Patricia Lockwood. Now, hmm. There isn't an awful lot to go with on this. There really isn't. I do want to, I I am gearing towards a flat earth thing here now. Oh no. <laughs> Way in a podcast first. I'm here and I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. The Patricia I Lockwood think... QAnon pipeline. <laughs> oh my God, Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm sorry, Patricia Lockwood. It's just... That it, it it could even be debated. Is there a curve on this book cover, or is it a straight line? You'd have to Q and are debating sure. hotly in Facebook mm, groups everywhere. So I think this book is about a little girl. Okay, bear with me now. 
I know I'm completely off and I actually also have a really nice romantic sentimental idea as well but we're going go for it go for it do what your heart tells you I am Ron from Thursday Murder Club and I will succeed so I'm thinking that this is a little girl her name is Ella and she got on a plane age nine with her dad who is like a kind of very aloof guy who works in business who's always on his phone and her mom who is like married to the dad but really fucking sick of him and just is like really flirty and kind of inappropriate and they're on this plane um we introduce it that they're on this plane she's just being ignored her parents are absorbed in dad in his work mom in spiting the dad and getting with someone hotter there's this whole thing and poor ella is looking out the window and it's like she just realizes she goes oh my god i've made a discovery the earth is flat you can't see the curve and no one is like she's kind of sitting there like mama 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 oh my god oh my god God." and the mom's like yes honey well done well done she's just not listening so this child is being enabled (laughs) (laughs) and she gets off this plane and is like i'm a genius like i've seen i've seen the light and i've seen what no one is talking about no one is talking about this the earth is flat so she goes about her normal life and she's a very weird she's one of the weird aren't we all one of the weird children in primary school yeah my my weird phase here (laughs) yeah one of my weird phases was that I was obsessed with wrestling and then my best friend Jane one of her weird phases is that she was obsessed with whatever pet she had at the time and there was one time where she had a goldfish and she used to just draw pictures of him and sell them in school and no one used to buy them and she used to cry all the time so (laughs) I mean that's the kind of love that your pet deserves I'm sorry Jane I'm outing you but the pictures are really good she's great at art and then she had a guinea pig and she used to only talk about the guinea pig in school. And then it turns out she actually was afraid of him. And they came, they came into her cousin. But anyway, okay. Oh my so God. This child God. is me and Jane energy. This child is odd in primary school. And she's very good. She's like kind of, she's very bright. She's very intelligent. But she starts drawing pictures and all like, um, like, pictures of like flat earth. She gets really into Terry Pratchett and this theory that maybe we're in a dome thing on the back of a turtle or whatever that is and then she's just she's getting into into this flat earth stuff okay and it, she's drawing all the time and everyone's like oh she's just you know it's a phase she just she draws these things she doesn't you know this is her art style whatever and everyone is just enabling her because no one's really paying attention to like how like actually indoctrinated she is <laughs> in this like belief that the earth is flat and it isn't like dealt with until she gets to college and gives like a massive presentation at the front of her class because she's talking about it like to all her lectures going I'm going to do my presentation on flat earth and like she's in like a research master's maybe and they're all like oh she's she means she's going to research flat earth theories and why people believe it and like you know people distancing from science that's her presentation and there no one pays attention to this poor girl they all just enable her because they think they know what she's saying but they never listen properly so she does this big presentation at like like in front of her entire college representing the university on why the earth is flat and she like 
is immediately rug pulled under her you're expelled laughing stock on youtube parents are like what the fuck is wrong with you but like it's just a big realization that no one's given this girl any attention and she's just been like railroading herself and no one's noticed until it's gotten this bad and I think that's what this book is about, Chloe. Damn, girl, that's... we live in a society. Yeah, we live in a society. <laughs> that's so depressing. Jesus. That she is gets depressing. help. She The end scene is she goes on a plane and she looks out the window and she squints and she goes, oh, yeah, th- there is a little bit of a curve. I mean, as a child, <laughs> like, how? No, I'm just... So good. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Like, this is this is a story of neglect. I just love how when you mentioned Flat Earth, I was like, listeners won't know that this has been a recurring thing with Nikki for years. Her bringing up Flat Earth. Oh, oh my God. Can everyone watch um, Beyond the Curve on Netflix? There's a guy on it and he's exactly the energy I want for this protagonist. Okay. Like exactly the energy. So bear with me now. There's this guy. He is a part of the Flat Earth Society and he they like go to interview him in his home and he's living in like rural America, like loads of land, loads of trailers he's like looking after kind of a farmland and they go to interview him and he's like at the moment of the start of the interview he has a sledgehammer and a ping pong ball and he's bouncing the ping pong ball off the sledgehammer <laughs> while reciting all of the the um the states in america and he's like oh my brain coach told me to stay alert <laughs> Uh, watch it. it's so good what's Please. it called beyond the curve beyond the curve it's on netflix okay so i'm on it i'm on oh it oh my god but anyway away from the flat earth references chloe what is this book about chloe needs literally two seconds just to remember this quote and then she'll be back <laughs> okay so no one is talking about this by patricia lockwood um I can only preface by saying I haven't read for quite a long time. I've been in a real reading rut and this sucked me right back out of it. It was the book I wanted and the book I needed. I loved this book. That means it's so a sexy much. book, knowing Chloe's taste. It's not a sexy book Sex. at all, actually, oh, would you believe? I was would convinced you... this was going to be like raunch. <laughs> oh, no, no. Now, look, Chloe loves a sexy book. Um, but no, this book um, is split into two parts. The first part um is it's a it's a fiction book like I am doing inverted commas <laughs> out my ears um but um it's about our protagonist who is unnamed it's just always in the third person is she fight club she, huh <laughs> fight, fight club. club fight club yes um um and it this protagonist is Patricia Lockwood let's be real it's a very thinly disguised um Patricia Lockwood um and it's about this woman who is kind of internet famous um and you know that she's like sucked into weird twitter you know like are we all familiar with the concept of weird twitter is this like (laughs) k-pop stands no no no, this this isn't like them like destroying your twitter with like stream this no this is like weird twitter it's like really surreal humor like you know like drill Oh, like amazing. that kind of weird Twitter, like yeah. that really like 
post-ironic weird Twitter. We're here. Uh, of which Patricia Lockwood in real life has been described as the poet laureate of Twitter. Like she has this tweet, like she's really famous for tweeting, you know, the Paris Review. Um, she tweets them like, so is Paris any good? <laughs> <laughs> and like that, that's kind of cemented her as like this like cultural icon. But she also had like a viral poem, um, The Rape Joke in 2017, um, which like, you know, far more serious. Um, but she's known for like this surrealist humor. Like if you go on her Twitter, I, I did it the other night. I just went through her feed and I was crying. Like it's oh, just, God. I love weird Twitter, but um, it basically bases around, you know, the protagonist um, who is not Patricia Lockwood and how um, she's oh, been sucked into weird Twitter. And like, I just she- found, I had to Google who she was because I feel like I recognize her. Like, definitely name. would. And there's one and it's, she's got a <laughs> parody of a sext and it's, I am a Dan. I, I am a Dan Brown novel, and you do me in my plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> I, it is ecstasy. Wow. <laughs> I, I followed Patricia Lockwood for years. I'm a big fan. I don't have Twitter anymore, but sometimes I just go onto her page because she makes me laugh so much. But yeah, it's about her, and she's kind of famous for this tweet that like went totally viral in the book. Um, like, can a dog be twins? And that's it. Like there's no punctuation. <laughs> there's no there's no capital letters. It's just classic Twitter. Um, and that she's invited to speak at all these like you know tech talks about like the internet, which is all very true to life. She, I, I know Nikki. I was I lost it. Um, but like and the book oh references kind of irony poisoning. It's called like you know of where. We, you become weird Twitter and weird Twitter becomes you. Yeah. you like you know yourself that like you just think to, sometimes I just think to myself like on um, old memes and they pass through my head sometimes I'm just like <laughs> <"Oots."> <laughs> or like leg so hot you fry an egg yeah leg so hot 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 leg leg so hot you fry an egg like just these things like kind of just get into your brain and then you start thinking like that because she is so engrossed in this yeah because the she- thing is is like like those people who make those tweets they don't make one there's a catalog <laughs> exactly like and she's just kind of she doesn't know who she is in real life because she is so extremely online um, and like the first part of the book is like all this commentary on that and that she's asked to talk at these internet things and talking about like the whole book is presented like like a twitter feed pretty much like I'll mm-hmm. show it to you on the screen but it's all segmented like into short paragraphs um these are all separate thoughts Mm. um and some of them are texts and some of them are um some of them are just kind of her ramblings and it's not linear there's not really a story in the first half it's just this kind of constant stream of consciousness about being Mm -hmm. a person on the internet and then there's references to like you know Donald Trump who's called the dictator in it and how he was allowed to um rise to power like through this like there's a great quote in it um um where is it now um oh yeah white people who had the political educations of potatoes were suddenly feeling compelled to speak about injustice this happened once every 40 years on average usually after a period when folk music became popular again when folk music became popular again it reminded people that they had ancestors and then after a considerable delay that their ancestors had done bad things (laughs) Um, and like she just has this way with words like that's one of the more kind of you know coherent sentences in it a lot of it is just like 
brain farting and like she talks about having brain worms in it which is now a phrase I'm going to be using the whole time that like she can't think unironically she just has brain worms like there's one that like made me cry she's like you know um the whole hook you know hook it up to my veins mm-hmm. oh they, yeah like, you know replying to people she was like oh, choke it with my ass <laughs> And like, you know, why is, um, you know, sneezing objectively funnier when you spell it with an E-A? <laughs> all like, all these like serious thoughts interspersed with like <laughs> sneezing. <laughs> she keeps coming back to like that spelling of sneezing. But then, okay, so I was on board with this and like parts of it do feel really uncomfortable because you're like, God, um, I, I, I relate to this and being extremely online and like, you know, I'm not as extremely online as I used to be, but like mm-hmm. I get where she's coming from. I was never as absorbed in it because I was never like Twitter famous or anything, but there's so many like this and I would have followed this end of Twitter a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And then the second part of the book, um, it came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. It, fe- it literally feels like you got two different books and smushed them together, mm-hmm. but it's basically like, the, a family tragedy takes her out of the online world and puts her back in reality um and her sister who she has a brother and a sister her brother is also like suffers from irony poisoning and Aww. like and like they just talk to each other in memes and like weird twitter snippets um but her sister is like totally like unironic totally earnest and like she kind of said reflects on that a lot and that her sister's oh, a good bit a... younger than her mm-hmm. and her sister kind of came of age in the 2000s while she came of age in the 90s and that that's always created this difference between them but they get on really well and they love each other dearly um mm-hmm. but her sister um becomes pregnant and it's this wonderful wonderful thing um and then um in the the baby is diagnosed with proteus syndrome um in utero so that's you know like anthony hopkins in elephant man oh yeah yeah so it's um it's that um syndrome um and like the doctors on one hand are are really excited in one way because they've never diagnosed it in utero before Mm -hmm. um and like it's this kind of like medical first but like it's like one in a billion chances it's ultra ultra rare um and she's told that the baby's not going to survive and that they look into you know abort getting an abortion but the abortion laws like are really volatile in utah um and that in the time it takes her to decide um a new bill comes in um to turning it from like a misdemeanor charge into a felony so um abortion is no longer an option um and then the baby is born and Patricia, well, the protagonist moves to um, moves to Utah from, I think, New York for a couple of months and lives with the sister and the baby and just marvels at this baby who like doesn't have realistically a very long time to live. Like she like has her NICU badge and she keeps it with her and like she just marvels at this baby who like the baby's head is growing like too, at way too fast a pace for the, the rest of her body mm-hmm. but like she just thinks this baby is the most amazing thing in the world and she loves it dearly that she's like a second mother to it um mm-hmm. to her um and like she always plays music for the baby and like they take her to Disneyland when she's maybe 
four or five months old and she noticed that people are taking kind of she knows one boy took a picture of her niece and like was probably not in the kind way but she's also seeing it like yes yes tell the world I love that what she's actually talking about in when she says no one is talking about this is how amazing that her niece is and how much she adores her and like she just wants to grab people on the street and tell them like this is amazing look at her she's just amazing um and it's just her 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 journey like coming back out like logging off and coming back to reality and spending time with like this beautiful bundle of joy um who she knows that realistically that her time is limited with mm-hmm. um and like you know it's a reflection on abortion laws and everything but it's also just just like it's just pure love and pure joy and it really reminded me of the Emily Pine I know I always come back to this but oh, that Emily Pine novel uh the her essay um on like fertility and having children and stuff and she talks about like you know there it is there's the love and that it's like that like deep aching love she has for her niece and it is so beautiful and how like much time she's spending with her sister and like you know the fact that she's kind of drinking every night as well she kind of alludes to it that you know she's like checking the monitor and then she's pouring herself some vodka and then she's going to sleep and then feeling groggy waking it up doing it all again Mm -hmm. but just she's taken all this time away and that kind of trivializes her internet life and she's like but this is what life is about this is like this beautiful amazing wonderful child and like I don't think it's a spoiler spoiler alert I guess if you don't want me to tell you but like obviously the child isn't long for this world um Mm. and the child dies um at six or seven months old oh no six months and one day and said that the one day over six months was a lifetime in a day and it's just the most beautiful heartbreaking thing I ever I was I have to read this I I was absolutely sobbing and like it's just yeah it kind of puts her own life into perspective and you know how much love she can feel even though like she doesn't have kids herself and um like people ask her and she says she doesn't really feel connected to her femininity enough to have a child and like but that she just felt this like pure unadulterated love that took her out of this kind of ironic online world and that you know she returns to her life um after her niece dies like you know she goes back to her normal life but like she's just kind of shown what matters like I think there's a really funny little anecdote that like people start asking she's not online often and people are like uh, where is she gone off twitter um but she moves to utah anyway and the neighbors have a goose like a statue of a goose outside their house and like they dress it up for holidays like when it's raining they put a raincoat on it when it's like you know the fourth of july they dress it up in like um in the red white and blue um and like you know she she posts about it on twitter and then obviously like some news network is like can we come to you and like interview you about this for like a feel-good story and she was kind of like yeah I guess um and she was like having an awful day and like she's just like putting out this you know feel-good piece but oh the bit in the book that made me sob was when 
oh, when her niece died, they dressed it in black. And it's like this silly little thing of a statue of a goose wearing black. And it just destroyed me. Like, oh, the second half of this book, I cannot describe how much it affected me. And maybe because I wasn't expecting it at all. I thought this book was going to be like the second part of the book has a plot like it. And it's I was wondering because, you know, it's not about Patricia Lockwood. Um, I was like, did this actually happen? And in her acknowledgements, like they're they're thanking all the NICU staff, and you know, and there's um Aww. more information about Proteus syndrome and how like you can help and everything, and it's just devastating. And like, there's no way she could have written it if she hadn't experienced it. Because my like God, the feeling is there. Like, oh, it's the love. It's the love. Um, and it's so oh my god it sucker punched me and like the, it made me laugh so much and it, it made me cry more it was like <gasps> oh and there are mixed reviews for this book like a lot of people are like these two two parts don't make sense together at all but like I think they really do because you're like living this you know ironic online life and then something really shakes you out of it mm-hmm. and like brings you back to planet earth and oh god it just it really moved me it like a lot of people don't like the style that it's written in um I'm no stranger to a fragmented book <laughs> um, but and I was wondering I was like oh is this going to get old and it didn't it didn't I really enjoyed how it was presented and I think as well like when you're in a really highly emotional time and like, if you know someone's about to die or something like that like it captures the tension of that and the like and the kind of mania of that like there's Mm -hmm. a scene in it that made me laugh so much like that they're at the funeral parlor and um they're picking out coffins and things like that and her brother um presents himself as as the baby's husband instead of uncle <laughs> and it's not even like it's like it's put against all the irony it's kind of like it wasn't you know trying to be a, an ironic weird twitter moment it was just brain worms oh, <laughs> it was just God. like when your head is out to lunch and you just say something stupid and they're all crying with laughter and like oh. uncontrollably laughing and like you know those moments when like, yeah. you're at the height of grief and you everything is absolutely awful and then someone says something dumb and then you're just crying with laughter and <laughs> it's it such a release that. it is like oh it it, it, it rang so true like um mm-hmm. it, it, oh it was so spot on and what, just, what is it out of 10 it sounds like a 10 it, it's a 10 I love I yes. I loved this book so much there's also a great quote I had um about how it's written Jared Kobeck wrote this uh, novel, um, I Hate the Internet, mm-hmm. and he wrote this about it. Um, the only solution was to write bad novels that mimicked the network in its irrelevant and jagged presentation of content. And that's exactly how this book is written. Like, it's written like someone's maniacal Twitter feed. Like, it's so chaotic. <laughs> um, but, like, oh, I just loved this book so much. Oh, it, it broke my heart into pieces, like, as in... I put it up on, I put a quote about capitalism up on um, Instagram from this book and like two of my friends responded to me and be like, is this a Patricia Lockwood? You're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> like one of my friends was like, it's the best book I've read this year. The other one was like, you need to tell me all of your thoughts um, wow. because like 
uh, yeah yeah it's oh, still an incredible Bob, this it sounds like no other yeah it's I'm, yeah from like hearing your description of it and like everything I'm not surprised it's been nominated for like the Booker Prize and, and she has Women's such a Prize weird for way Fiction. With words. Yes, yes. You know, and so. she has such a weird way with words. Like you could just pick up any page and be like, that's hilarious. But I don't want it up my ass, her husband said reasonably. <laughs> <laughs> reasonably. <laughs> um, like, oh, there's so, she just like even little sentences like they sound in another book it could sound it could get tiresome but she has all these things like in bristol the sunset dripped as if from a honeycomb and is she constantly just sees the word world in this like very patricia lockwood way and it's really disarming and like she said that in interviews that she doesn't get writer's block because she enjoys her own writing so much and i love that like yeah she just gets joy from her writing and you can see that like she's having fun with a lot of it Mm. and oh Oh, she sounds like an amazing amazing she's cracked i love her i'd risk it all with trish lockwood anyway i've talked for so long about this book so much it was needed it was needed that was we missed you chloe we missed you thanks guys i missed sharing my brain worms (laughs) oh well i said in is it me next it is you next okay yes and i'm gonna I just uh, all I want to do I'm like refraining from um going on to uh Waterstones and ordering no one is talking about this so instead I'm gonna send this there's a little picture of Chloe on zoom in the back (laughs) I sent in the photo and it's like you could just see Chloe on zoom Uh, oh well professional photos today lads like yeah uh so So I am looking at One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston. Yeah, she goes by CMQ online. Oh. Just gals um, being pals. And she is the New York Times bestselling author of Red, White and Royal Blue, which is actually a book that we have been told to read many, many times by many, many people. And one of us will get around to it. But I have seen... I probably will. I have seen I was this gonna book. say I volunteer myself as tribute. <laughs> um, I have seen this book all over Bookstagram, all over Goodreads. Um, a lot of people that we follow have read it, and I have no idea what it's like or what it's about. So all the information I'm going on is there's a little quote um, on the front saying, Sometimes love stops you in your tracks. And what we see is it's really pretty. It's kind of this it's, beautiful, it's, like wait, I'm gonna hold pastel, the book. pinky, it's purple, really gorgeous. It's like, very pretty. That color scheme is very up, uh, very much up my alley. And also, can I just say the way this opens is very satisfying. It's <gasps> oh, the very I love the nice soft that. paperback. Yeah, oh, the oh, soft nice. paperback is the one. Like, look at this. I have to say, That's I lovely. this oh. is this could be controversial, but I prefer paperbacks over hardbacks. Sometimes, no, that's not I, controversial, girl. I like I, hardbacks more. But if a paperback, see, I don't like the paperbacks that like bend. I like yeah, this kind of paperback. Oh, that is this just is the one. That, that's, that's we're just proving that we're book nerds on this podcast exactly the, the um, hardbacks look great on the shelf so i i do love a hardback i can't yeah i can't lie but um so we have um a train a q train i think 
New York. I'm going to say yep. it's New York. It is um, a Q train. There is a Q on it and it is a train. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and you um, <laughs> we have uh, a girl on the train and she's looking out and her outfit's really cool. Wouldn't be able to wear it myself. And then another girl walking past and they're making eye contact. And I'm going to say okay, this is next. definitely a love story. Um, so brain power switched on. Uh, okay. So I'm going to say that we have, this book is split between two narratives. So, uh, our first one is going to be the cool girl on the train. She is, she's a New Yorker. She's lived there all her life. Um, she's got kind of got a tough girl persona, but like on the inside, she's got a heart of gold. She is just super sweet. And I'm going to say she's had like a tough upbringing. Um, her that's dad, why she's wearing a leather jacket yeah you can tough. tell she's you had a tough tell. life um she's <laughs> her dad has left her mum uh when she was little and she's had barely any contact with him and any contact she has had with him it's been really negative and now that she's kind of grown up she looks back on a lot of situations and she's like that was really not good for me to be there as as a child do you know uh it was a really like traumatic experience i'm gonna say uh her dad was doing illegal stuff and like putting her in danger a lot if she did see him so she's oh my she's, god she is um what's his name um jughead from riverdale <laughs> oh my god she is look so- at her Jughead. Why do you think she wears Jughead this hat? Jones. Uh, she does. She's not wearing a hat. But anyway, she is. Um, uh, what was I going to say? She's decided to cut off contact with him. And um, we're kind of getting, I'd say the first scene is actually him sending her really abusive messages, being like, how dare you? I'm your father kind of stuff. And it's him trying to actually get her into whatever he's doing. And um, she's like, no, this is not my life. And I'm going to say she's starting college. She's got into like NYU or something. And um, she's also uh, um, part of the Latina community. And um, she's kind of uh, just come out as gay. Mm. And uh, we see kind of her not knowing what the reaction is going to be and uh, she's she's really welcomed like her mom's like oh I've known since like you were two like it's fine <laughs> and stuff like that and um, so we have her so she's like she's like I am living my best life I'm on my way up not letting anything drag me down and then mm-hmm. uh, our second protagonist okay I haven't got names the first name I'm going to say her name's Emily but she likes going by M so not even okay. E-M, just M. <laughs> Letter M. Love She's it. Like, Dial M for murder. Um, <laughs> so our second girl, I'm going to say she is a country bumpkin. She Aww, is from like... I love a Hallmark movie. She is, <laughs> I'd say she's like a pageant queen growing up. Like she is from... Give me a South State. Kansas. She's from Kansas. I I, I like that. And she's not in Kansas anymore. She's not in Kansas she's anymore. Not. And she is, um, uh, she's gotten into NYU as well, uh, but different courses. I, I'm going to say that she is going to do drama or something like that. Um, she's got really high hopes to be on the like the West End, whatever. And um, she gets there and she's realizing like, I am not the queen bee here. And um, we kind of get a little bit of her backstory that like, you know, she's always been like the best at everything there. She's been a 
in pageants, like mm -hmm. um, always uh, picture perfect and stuff like that. And we can kind of see that she's not happy. Like it's all surface level happiness. And you're like, okay, this girl is really not okay. And um, her dad is not happy she's doing going to college. He wanted her to kind of stay in town. Uh, she was dating someone and he was like, yeah, just get married to him. Like he's got, he's going to be having a great job. He's staying here. Like you don't need to leave. And um, you know, it, it was, she was here like, I don't want to be forced into a, mm -hmm. a box, do you know? And she's kind of like, that's what you did, you know, when you were my age, all that kind of stuff. So she just doesn't want history repeating itself. And we kind of meet her and we kind of see their relationship. I think at one weekend, her, her boyfriend comes up and she just doesn't feel anything at all. And she's kind of, we kind of see that she's actually struggling with her sexuality a little bit, that she's admiring a lot of girls. And she's like, does this mean Hell something? Yeah. And she's like, she likes him that's the thing she she likes him but she's like is this just as a friend like or as a like really close friend like I don't feel anything when we're together um she finds anything sexual really awkward mm -hmm. and she's not into it and um so anyway she is getting uh I'm gonna say like her moving to New York is not going well like she's just she's really like she's she's kind of her depression is really coming to the forefront Anyway, she is, um, she's grabbed a coffee because we see a coffee in there and she's heading down to the subway and um, she just turns her head and she sees this, she sees M and she's like, oh my God. Like, Wait, her... isn't she M? No, this, this, no. Is, this is the country bumpkin girl. So I oh, should I not be referring to as, M. no, that's my Latina woman. Okay. Um, <laughs> this girl, I'm going to say her name is Sophia. I was thinking more Anne. Uh, oh, Anne. 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 Mary Anne. Anne. Um, Mary oh, Mary Anne is probably Mary Anne. Better. Mary Anne. And Mary Anne turns her head and she sees M on the train and her heart just literally stops. And she's like, oh my God. It's one last this, stop. She, like, as we say, sometimes love stops you in your tracks and she is just stopped in her tracks. And she's like, breathless. Like, she's like, oh my God. Like, She's in love. And this is, this is kind of like a big moment of realization. Like she starts blushing, like M, like just kind of gives her a wink or whatever. And you're one. That, like, that is so what M would do. M is kind of like, hey, hey. She's like, what are you doing? Like, girl. And um, Marianne just runs. She's like, oh my God, like this is, I've just had like a moment with a girl. And it's, it's a huge thing for her. And it's kind of her kind of coming to the realization that she is possibly gay, do you know? And um, she'd been kind of trying to convince herself that maybe she was bi. And she's like, look, I've never actually had anything like that with a guy. And she doesn't want to label it yet, but she kind of, we see her over the next few chapters kind of um, seeing M everywhere. Like she's just got her so much in her head and Em's just like living her best life. Like, you know. Is Em um, feeling the same way? Em, uh, we see Em's point of view with it as kind of like, she's like, oh, she was cute. Like, do you know? Yeah. And yeah, like she's, more chill. she's a hard New Yorker. She, she she's chill. And like, I'd say Em is having fun at college. Like she's finally getting to like go out with girls and things like that. And she's just like, do you know, she's like, yeah 
like she was really cute um and stuff like that but like her running away she was like okay I think in her mind she's like closeted um, or something like that and um so anyway um I think they bump into each other when M uh goes with um somebody to see a play that the drama department is putting on and your one I, I'm gonna say Marianne like bombed her audition like she was so nervous um like even with all this like self-realization she was like that was shit like I just it just bombed and she isn't even in the play she is uh like an usher or something and she has to she sees Em walk in with like another girl and she's like damn it um and like she comes up to her and she's like oh your seats and like she fumbles like she drops their tickets she drops the torch that she's supposed to see them down to their Hell seats yeah. with she trips and I'm even going to say like after M sits like um Marianne trips on the stairs back up and falls into M's lap or something and she's like yes. oh, oh yes. my gosh <laughs> and M is just oh, laughing she's like you're fine like um, she's like you're oh, fine like Hallmark me like, up, baby. Oh, and, and then they have um, extended eye contact when she's getting yeah, off. Yeah, and like the oh. friend is like, uh, the friend that's with um, M. Oh, is and like, it's like the theater, it's like a love a love story and like M kind of turns around and they make eye contact. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I'm going to say that, um, you know, uh, we see that like M is kind of on the beginnings of like maybe a relationship and um she's kind of um fallen head over heels for this person and this person is like oh like I'm only exploring my sexuality like I don't know so she's kind of seeing other people as well and M gets really offended when she finds out that um like they're also guys as well and it's she's kind of just an experiment and that she's been laughed about with these guys and she's just like I don't need you like you know like you were she's a hottie in a leather jacket yeah she, she have she any woman like, in this city she walks out <laughs> she's like don't contact me like um i'm not a play toy for you kind of thing so i'm gonna say that same night um marianne is getting the the subway the q train and they're actually on the same carriage i know this doesn't happen in new york and um Em recognizes her and she's like oh my god and like she sees she's like really upset she's after breaking up with a boyfriend and her parents have been on being like you idiot like her dad has just been screaming down the phone with her um, you had she, a future taking over lumberjack industries yeah, in Kansas and, like, <laughs> um, and he like hung up on her she called her mom back and her mom's like you can tell me anything like what was the reason and she tells her mom I think I'm gay and um she is just her mom is kind of speechless hangs up on her too and she's like I can never go home now oh. and um Em recognizes her recognizes her on the train I just like oh my god she's like really upset and she goes over and like sits down with her and she's like look tell me what's going on and this is them like they start talking Em brings her out to like get drinks and she's like look they need time maybe and she's like look it could have been a really big shock um, but she said you did the right thing you know you have to be honest to yourself so we see this kind of beginnings of a friendship like oh Marianne is just like oh my god my crush uh, and she's like barely talking she's like this girl is going to think I'm an idiot I'm blubbering my face is full of snot like the beauty queen in her is like coming yeah. and she's like, oh my god do you know and she's like I'm I don't have a chance now whereas your one is like oh I just like 
she's just she's so real yeah she's like oh she's like really sweet and like family means a lot to her like family means a lot to me kind of thing but she's like look she's not in a position to like have anything and I'm gonna say that like their friendship builds up her mom comes to New York that's why she hung up she was booking tickets to come to New York and tell her that it's all fine and um that was bad communication mom. it was bad communication like her mom was just like <laughs> And she was like, don't surprise people when you have to cross state lines. So her mom comes well, to Well, no, York. no, you can do that. But like hanging up on her. I'm getting to, to the end of my story. <laughs> God's sake. Because uh, I've been chatting for a while. Liz. But her mom comes to New York and um, she tells her, like, I love you no matter what. Like, you are my daughter. Like, you like girls, you like girls. I don't mind. I will support you no matter what. Maybe her mom is gay too. And no, her mom, her mom oh, tells her that oh, she's leaving. Been so cute. She's leaving her father. For a woman. And um, <laughs> no, she's just like, I've, I've had enough. Like he's oh, over controlling. Give me the gay stuff. Choke we, it with my ass. We want and the gays. She's like, I think I'm going to move to New York. Like she, I was going to say the mom's really wealthy. And she's like, look, and she's going to move to New York and buy a leather jacket. <laughs> she's going to be the butch lesbian on the train. Enjoy the Southside Perkins. My God. She um, she buys an apartment and um, Marianne moves in with her. And like the mom is like, I can totally see something's going on with Marianne and Em. And she's like, I'm just leaving girls now. Like whenever Em is over, she like leaves. Like it could be midnight. And she's like, I'm just going to head out. She likes some <laughs> snacks, a dental dog. Yeah, like. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to say uh, it's one night that the mom has actually set up the room, like lit candles and everything. Oh. And like Marianne comes home and she's like, like, she's finally actually doing, like she's got a part in the next uh play coming up in the college and things like that like having her mom's support and being honest with herself has really kind of made her really giving her confidence giving her confidence and she's oh, happier loves it. and um she comes home and she's like mom like what's going on like are we celebrating like are you having a date yes, and her mom's like oh, you're having a date i'm heading out and em, <sighs> she's invited em over and like she's told her some like bollocks story of like oh like mary has really upset blah, blah blah and em comes over and like sees all this get up and i just think it ends with them like laughing and like admitting their feelings and like they share a kiss and Boom. Sorry, that Cute. was like my plan for a whole novel. Yeah, so. you did the you did the whole movie girl. girl like, can can, can you write that? Sequel. Yeah, can like, you I don't please? know if that's what this book is about, but I want that one. I have a yeah, high I want that one too. Okay, that, well, but... you know what? You're not far off. So I'll Go tell on. you about this book. So one last stop by Cassie McQuiston. Um, we have our two girls on the cover. I'll tell you about them first. So the one looking at the train are the one that Rebecca believed was country bumpkin is a girl named august who has just moved to new york um she's got she's already done an awful lot of college and kind of been transferring modules she kind of can't leave the education system she doesn't really want to and she's got a really bizarre backstory so her mom and her are very close but her mom and her mom kind of gave her a very strange upbringing because uh, her mom's brother has been missing and it's almost like instead of August being her mom's daughter August is like her like her Therapist. detective partner 
because her mom is like obsessed with finding the brother and like August is like I'm I'm going to preface this review first of all by saying that this reads like young adult fiction but then it gets yeah. really sexual so it's oh. not it's oh, not okay. young adult fiction um but that that was kind of one of my problems with it but I'll get to it so she she car like I don't know it's just there's kind of like they try like she's just a bit not real because like she carries a knife everywhere because like you know like oh she's cool whatever she's tough <laughs> she's a tough girl and um she's like really into like she's been doing detective work her whole life and like loves clues and finding things and like okay. all this it's just it's a bit like you know so anyway she is just after moving to New York and she moves in to this uh LGBTQ plus friendly apartment because we learn pretty quick that August is actually bisexual hell yeah moves, yes girl she moves into an apartment with um a guy called Nico who is a transgender man there is Myla, who is an art student, and also Nico is a is a um oh what do you call them a psychic, amazing. Love it. <laughs> Myla is an artist who's just who is Nico's partner. Um, she's amazing, and then there's Wes, and he's um usually on night shift. He has a poodle called Noodles, oh. and um. <laughs> I love this house. I know it's a very cool house. So like it's all like the LGBTQ representation in this is really good. And she's very mindful to kind of like she includes everyone. Like they're like it's it's very cool. Um so anyway, August is moving in with her roommate. She's never had friends before. She's very closed and kind of keeps her cards to her chest. She doesn't want to get close to people. But um Nico and Myla kind of don't leave her a choice. Myla's like, we are friends. And is like aggressive with like, we are now friends. <laughs> and it's really welcome to August. She kind of needs that. But anyway, August is getting the Q train. And she meets a girl called Jane, who is a hot Chinese lesbian. And yes! <laughs> this is oh. what we wanted. Um, August is immediately obsessed with Jane. Jane is like a punk riot girl. And when they first meet, like August spills her coffee all over herself on her first day of college. And Jane gives her like this red scarf to cover up with. And we soon learn the scarf has been stolen. And we learn that Jane is just a boss ass bitch on the Q train. But here's where the problem lies. Jane is always on the Q train when August gets on the Q train. She's always there. And August invites her on a date. She eventually sums up the nerve in the couple of times that she's seen her. And Jane says no, even though they've been very, very, very flirty. So then anyway, August is working in a diner that Myla basically forced her into a job in because like she lied about like she was like, oh, my God, like August is the best server. I know. And got her this job in a place called Pancake Billy's and it's oh, a diner um, in Brooklyn. And um, she she works there anyway. She's terrible at her job, but like they kind of leave her off and she's getting better and whatever. And all of a sudden she finds on the wall of Pancake cake billy's a photo from the 1970 diners opening and jane is in the photo what and this book is present day this book is present day oh so, is 
was not expecting this. We've got time traveling lesbians, bitch. Oh, so- everything I could have wanted. <laughs> so um, the this book starts to unravel. At this point, we're kind of like, what the fuck is going on? And basically, Jane is stuck on the Q train. Um since the 70s like she and there's been hints throughout like she has a cassette player in her bag she has um no idea kind of she's no social media she has no phone number but yeah she is in the 70s and she doesn't like she's from the 70s she doesn't know she's been on this Q train all this time and we start to unravel this really weird plot and it basically is that August and Jane are like it's like fate has destined these two together and it's really whirlwindy and trippy and weird but like all the love stuff like that's great but I do have problems with this book and it's nothing to do with the weird time traveling angle because I was kind of here for that I was like I love I love how bizarre this is (laughs) this is way less straightforward than I expected it to be I know (laughs) so much so I'm going to go into the problems I have with this book okay um so the first thing is this just reads like young adult fiction I found it a bit annoying in the beginning it's just they it's it's written as a third person kind of narrator um oh wait no um yeah it is yeah it's written as third person narrator but you're always kind of getting it from like August's point of view Mm -hmm. um in this third person uh, world but it reads so young adult and it's got so many jokes that I've already read on Twitter yeah you know what I mean and it's the the word I'm going to use to describe the writing is tumblr yeah, that was very exactly tumblr what I thought, yeah. twitter girl it's it, it's a bit it's a bit 2014 too much for internet. Me. yeah and if this was a young adult fiction book I would think it's like oh this is good this is like you know teenagers need this there's loads of LGBTQ there it's nothing's made a big deal of they're all very mm. natural characters like yeah. they're living in New York they're LGBTQ and it's like good for them and it's nothing is made a spectacle spectacle of other than to be honest I had a little bit of a problem with the way the drag queens there's drag queens in this and they're great but the way Hell they yeah. were represented was a little bit like they're just sassy and fun and like there was yeah, no like dimensional yeah very very one-dimensional there when we have such nice characters and like Nico and Myla and Wes um so yeah this book it just reads young adult the whole way through and then we get like really graphic sex scenes on the train on the train like beyond pda it's new york baby oh it's new york baby but no i just couldn't stop thinking and i read this in so many reviews when i was researching this it's like how dirty is the train yeah. and then they're there oh god I just I couldn't get into it it wasn't sexy at like the writing could have been so sexy but I was like oh they're on a train and I know they're like with the plot like New York she's train, stuck like... on the train they've got a bang somewhere but I just I wasn't here for that I was is there like, a shower on the train like how, how it's is that it's navigated the, it's the underground I know like how, no how it's not navigated like, at all like she no, but how is our uh, what's her name again Jane. she's not really living on it it's like she's like in a time loop she's like just that'd be class if you never there. Have that'd be so cool. she she can eat she doesn't poop it's kind of a is dream is that a dress or did that's we like, just yeah no it is a dress it is a dress she can oh. eat she loves sweet foods but she does not poop um she does not need shower she's wearing the same <laughs> clothes every time <laughs> like I'm glad it's a dress it brings a hint of realism to it but what <laughs> a little bit of realism 
But yeah, like this, I don't know. It's so weird because it's so young adult and then it gets so sexual. I'm so like, oh, it just made me really young. Like I didn't like it because I would have given the book every merit if it was young adult because it's really fantastical and fun and really kind of like Twitter kind of Tumblr-y, jokey. And yeah, it just wasn't for me. Was Jane um, off the train? Oh, yeah. oh. No. No. Well, I, well, I won't give away the end on what happens. It's like Back to the Future vibes, like with the fucking electrical current shit. Like it's like, it okay. is wild, wild. No, I, I just, I just like having sex in the underground. Like, oh, one. it's no, it's, it's like, I, I'm like sorry, my, like Cassie McQuiston. Screaming no. Like Cassie McQuiston, you tried hard and you gave us, you gave us sexy scenes, but like it, the backdrop just doesn't work. But like, I just know, like when I asked. Um, um, when you ask people like what's the underground like in um like anywhere like, filthy and they address it's, it's how filthy, dirty it is but like and then they I have know, I've heard someone there. I've heard someone like many people actually not just one person say like the, the the underground in New York it just smells like piss and I'm like it does it smells like I've been there it smells like pee no everywhere like it's like, just not the vibe it's not it's an not, aphrodisiac don't that, do like, it t- mm-hmm. that deducts a star in itself <laughs> but then there there's another scene and I remember reading it and being like oh they'll, they'll address this later on because it is just like this is a really good book for representation mm. um which is important there it does feel like the main like the main um running point behind this book was representation and that they're going to represent everyone which you know like that that's a good thing to do but then there's this really bizarre moment where basically Jane um now she is Asian she gets attacked on the train for being uh an Asian dyke as they call her and um she's like bloodied and like she like big trigger it's a very upsetting scene and um she is fine she's kind of like you should see the other guy and she's all mm. tough and really like just kind of w- like her ego is wounded by this yeah she's of course really, she's like, been disheartened a and disappointed a exactly and that she takes is it just, out of you exactly it does and august like tells her like oh people aren't like that anymore i'm sorry <laughs> when was this published was this published like before like asian two months ago two months ago in the height of them so like i was expecting then jane gets a little bit odd with the way she's a bit dismissive but it's never yeah. really kind of fully like mm. like people i read that in an awful anymore. lot of reviews a lot of people called that out and i was like that actually does deserve to be called it yeah because it just needs to be acknowledged a little bit more it was it was just not handled very well and I think she was handling so many issues that that one just she she didn't don't don't do it if you're not going to do it service yeah it it wasn't great and she lost an awful lot of people on this book with Mm. that scene like that is like if you go into Goodreads if you look at anything under five stars under four stars that is like the primary reason people were like that's really not cool um but yeah this book it's weird I I don't fully know like I did read it very quickly I flew through it I wanted to know what was happening I loved how stupid like absolutely stupid the time traveling was I thought I was 
like, I love that this is just like, she like went even for it. the way they kind of realized like, oh, this is what's happening. You're stuck on the Q train. It was all just wild assumption and everyone was rolling with it. And That's the fact actually... that Nico's a psychic, I was like, I just love this weird, like I loved all that stupid, stupid shit. I loved it. And I wanted to know what happened, but like it actually lost me on the important issues, which is weird. Yeah. You'd think you'd get lost on the wild ones, but I was here for the time traveling. I was here for the fact that um, they fell in love initially, was not here for the sex, was not here for the drag queen representation, was not here for, to be honest, like, I don't know, it just felt really crammed a lot of the yeah. time. It felt really crammed and the writing style is not for me it's a bit um it's a bit young adult fiction and it just doesn't loop well into the sex and into the you know it's weird if it didn't have sex scenes I'd recommend this for for teenagers but like the sex scenes are not for (laughs) I I felt I was blushing a little bit I was kind of oh okay so um yeah this book I'm I'm going to rank it a little bit low, low, but I'll just give you the, the backdrop first. So this is by Cassie McQuiston. She's an American author and she like has just decided like she's like, I am a romance novelist. That's what she does. She Rock loves on, dude. absolute like romance. Just that that's her thing. And like go for a girl. And um, she's best known for her New York Times bestselling novel that we've already talked about, Red, White and Royal Blue. And that's actually about the son of America's first female president. Don't tell calling... us. Oh, can I no, not no, tell no, you? No, no, I have no, to. No, no, no. Oh, I have to Erase. tell you. It's so no. wild. No. No, no, no. You can't tell us. Post okay. Rebecca, put this woman on mute. Okay, well, okay. Anyway, without telling you what it's about, the problems with this review, this book's gotten an awful lot of... Um, spotlight because people um admire her first book so much which i it's kind of obvious it deals with um it is two gay men this book is dealing no 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 girl like you look at the cover you know (laughs) this book is dealing with two gay women and an awful lot of people are calling out reviews for um being harder on this book than the other book because it's gay women and like obviously Mm. the representation for for gay characters in general is low then when we go down to gay women like it's very low i haven't read another book with um with like out like with lesbians who are comfortable and like you know like with women together i haven't really read another book like that and it was really refreshing but like you can still there are still bits to critique in this i Mm -hmm. think that their love story is lovely and i love the two of them together but like I have a lot of problems with this book. It just wasn't my cup of tea. It wasn't really for me. I did fly through it, as I said, but ultimately I'm going to give it a five or a six out of 10. Because mm. okay. it's just the style of writing. It's I've read all the jokes before on Twitter. Yeah. I've seen them, you know, but uh, people should read it. It is really fun. If you are someone who really enjoys young adult um, literature, then you will enjoy this, provided you're of age. Just- okay that's important over 18s only like please over 18s and if you're squeamish about sex on a subway i feel you maybe this book isn't for you because i mean to be honest yeah uh -uh. like you know what that that deducts like i and i know she confined herself where else were they going to have sex when the time traveling um lesbian is stuck on the q train 
just you wait know? for a little bit until like the whole time travel thing is uh, stopped and yeah. then go to a nice room and I love the time traveling though like Cassie yeah. like that's my I want a time traveling book I I want more of that more of this wild it's literally back to the future like what's going on but uh <laughs> Yeah, okay. I just, uh, I just saw uh, there's a bit of the Patricia Lockwood book that reminded me of what you said about like the whole like, you know, I've read these jokes before. So I'm just going to read this out. Like she goes to get um, her hair done um, before the, the child's funeral. Um, and it's like, I saw a meme the other day. Her hairstylist said, concentrating hard on the back of her head. It was about how cow licks are formed. And it showed a cow coming into a kid's room at night and actually licking his hair. And that's how it happens. A tear slipped from her eye in the mirror. She recalled the text thread she had going on with her brother, which she'd just sent her minor variations of the guess I'll die meme, which, to be honest, she had never fully understood. Oh, God, did I snip you? Her stylist said, bending down under a curtain of benevolent hair. No, no, she said, laying her hand on the stylist's arm, feeling the new and unstoppable stream of care pour out of her palm. I was just thinking that you and I have seen very different memes in our lives. <laughs> oh I was howling and like I was sobbing at that point but I just started howling oh it's so good yeah this book it's tumblr yeah yeah Um, we'll move on to my book this is gonna be a really long episode lads we're back to the long long episode so I was thinking I'm like I gotta get my bus even the colour, like she has that, uh, Emma, what she was, um, our second guest on the yeah. podcast, second guest, she had, she, she was wearing this green dress. I saw it on Twitter and I literally went and bought the green dress like two years ago. Like I, it's, that's her colour. Mm. This is such a gorgeous cover. So this is The Bookish Life of Nina Hill by Abby Waxman, author of Other People's Houses. Uh, and there's a little quote at the top um, from Emily Griffin saying, Abby Waxman is both irreverent and thoughtful. So the book is so pretty. Like it's like, you know, kind of nice goldy yellow background. And then there's a girl on the front with like flaming red hair um, and kind of blue stripy top holding a yellow book. And the, t- the double O in bookish is her glasses and it's the glasses so match her top. And it, it, it's so lovely. It's very, very pretty. So immediately this book gives me young adult fiction. Um, like I can't shake the whole like Emily in Paris slash John Green mm. vibe. I yeah. guess yeah, Emily and yeah. Like, I think that Nina Hill is. I think she's maybe like twenty two or twenty three, and she's finished her master's in librarian studies, and she's has this like idea for herself that like she wants to build a beautiful life, and that's like always been her kind of plan for herself like like comes from her like wardrobe and everything like she wants everything to be pretty and so and she carries her little steamer everywhere so like she always looks like she's ready to go there's never a wrinkle in her clothes there's never a hair out of place like everything is just as organized as her library shelves and like you know she's kind of like her friends like they don't make fun of her but she's kind of known for like you know she brings her little picnic blankets everywhere so she's always prepared and like she just she wants this like very pretty Mm -hmm. like storybook life Mm. 
and so she's trying to plan her next step like she I'm gonna say she did her like masters in like Wisconsin or something and like you know she grew up like on this like farm with like loads of like land around it and like you know even for like her bookstagram posts like you know they're all taken with like the cows in the background and she like oversaturates the grass to make it look greener and make everything pop she's just she's very curated but she's like this town isn't big enough for me so she's like thinking she's like maybe I I want to branch out like and where is the only place that a girl like Nina Hill can branch out Paris Paris exactly yes (laughs) so she's like planning this move to Paris and like she's like oh, I'm gonna go here and I'm gonna eat my lunch in the park and I'm gonna get my cheeky little baguette every morning and like it's just going to be Love. this very beautiful like like she's obsessed with like Rachel Koo um and like you know little Paris kitchen and like she's just trying to emulate this like gorgeous little yes. life for herself in her cute little apartment and she just has this vision so she goes off to Paris with her cute little matching luggage and which matches like all her little accessories like the, it's blue like her glasses and like she's like ready to go and she takes this like perfectly curated Instagram picture like you know saying like you know on my way um, and she arrives and her apartment looks nothing like I actually read an article recently on like the illusion of Paris and like how Americans think Paris looks but I think like we if you've been in Europe you kind of know what you're going to get when you go to Paris like you're but if you're massive and rat infested it's beautiful but it's also grotty yeah (laughs) and like if you're if you're in Europe you kind of know that but like the Americans coming over when like they like they're seeing like the idealized Europe it's yeah. mad exactly like she yeah. like Nina is a smart girl like she's hyper organized like she know she gets marketing she's very well read and everything but like she doesn't have the streets she doesn't have the savvy oh, like she's still no. very small town and she arrives and like you know she thinks like her like 100 day streak on Duolingo is gonna be grand but like it's not and, and they get really aggro on her because she's American exactly oh. like it's very Emily in Paris vibes like she's be. trying oh, her best no. but she's not succeeding um, Chloe this is like when we were in Paris remember when we when we got chased by that man and our street smarts had to kick in and we mine like, didn't oh, yeah, no, Chloe, oh my God. we got to the door over that much French since my leaving third oral we got to the door of our apartment and this man is following us and he keeps trying to talk to us now we're at the door and we have the choice of whether to like keep going or whether like okay we're at like we'd already kind of stopped at the door it was already kind of obvious and he's talking to Chloe and Chloe just keeps talking to him and she's trying to tell him oh like oh um Tommy like whatever you're you're speaking Irish to him (laughs) he's like he you're speaking Irish trying to convince me you don't speak English you only speak Irish and he's like oh Francais oh Longley are you English and we were like oh Neil and me Higgum and all this trying to like get away from him so our the Airbnb we're staying in 
the door didn't lock properly at the front oh, like no, no, and there no. was a keypad but you didn't need to use it it had no lock it was so dangerous so I'm like punching in like this like elaborate stream of like nonsense numbers like this code is like 30 digits long you'll never get him but, yeah and like I'm like trying to push Chloe in the door as soon as I get it open and then all of a sudden Chloe goes au revoir au revoir bonne nuit and then he's like you do speak French. And then Chloe's Bye. like, oh, bitchy, pew, bitchy. <laughs> like running in the door. I got Chloe to run up the stairs. I like put my foot against the door in case he tried to push it. Because he'd realize there's no lock. You know what I mean? Oh, no, no, no. So we, I held it against the door. Chloe ran up the stairs. I ran up after her. We got into the apartment and I was like, Chloe, don't turn on the lights. Because he was down on the street looking yeah. up to the window. Scary. And I was like, that could have oh been God, a taken tell situation, him. guys. It could have. But like, could've. it was like, oh my God, it was like literal, like immediate. Like, I've listened to so much true crime. I know how to get away from this. This we is like, why there don't are not the lights to be in a filthy monoglot. <laughs> oh my God, there is. We're like, don't turn on the lights. He'll know what floor we're on. I looked out the window and he was literally watching the floors, so trying scary. to figure out where we were. Oh my God, it was awful and chloe was crying and i was like trying not to cry but very overwhelmed no. <laughs> i was like it's okay no. look our, our girl nina hill she she's didn't. not getting taken okay no, but her airbnb is not a, her apartment isn't as nice as that airbnb yeah. <laughs> like oh, as in it's grotty like... like there are rats the first time she brings her like luggage upstairs like she's been duped like it looked re- like it, um, it looked really nice on the website and everything and like it was a whole like oh well actually like if you send your deposit before you see it like we'll send you the keys and it'll all be fine like oh. and they're just selling like they were selling her this like ridiculously nice house for really cheap but no she's staying in an absolute hovel um, and it's up on like the 14th floor and there's no lift and she just gets to her apartment and she is miserable and she wants to order pizza but like that she brings the pizza place and they won't speak english with her and she just starts crying um oh i i feel her and i was saying and she went like without a job and so she's there like just applying for jobs and like everywhere and they're like why did you come here if like why are you a librarian here if you can't speak french (laughs) and, and she's just having a rough rough time and then does she go to work in shakespeare and company Nikki, I was getting there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so into the story. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yes, that was the next part of the story. (laughs) Nikki, you've no patience. I'm so So, excited. (laughs) It's like two weeks in, she's not getting any library jobs, nowhere's getting back to her. And like people are being like, like, the um, interviewers are like you know being actively mean when she sends in her applications and just being like you know you need to sort this out you need to like either learn the language or get out is she keeping her instagram going she's keeping the instagram going not really she's kind of neglecting it like she's lost followers like she's everything just seems to be tanking and she's like what about this beautiful life I envisioned for myself and like she tries to go through the motions of like you know getting her little pastries and going to the park and like you know taking... shits on her and like yeah like she's oh. got like a bug in it exactly like it's just miserable and her heart's not in it and she really really wants to go home she's just like I had friends and I had family and like maybe my small town wasn't so bad and then he walks past <gasps> 
Oh, and his wow. name is Paul Henri. <laughs> oh, and he's there like crying away, and he's like, "Pourquoi?" <laughs> and then That's like so romantic. And then <laughs> yeah, and then she's just like falling into his big brown French eyes, and then it, it commence il pleut, like the rain starts falling down. They're like, "Oh no, we're in the middle of this park together," and like it's lashing rain, and if there's a thunderstorm coming, and like they hide under a tree, and it's all very cute. And then like they're kind of stranded there for us. So they ended up like talking about like their problems, and like he's from the south of France and he like had moved to Paris like four years ago and he was like it is very difficult at the beginning and like gives her loads of advice and like she she's kind of like okay it's been like two weeks in Paris like that okay I've had a streak of one good day and so she gives her um she gives he gives her his number and she's like absolutely delighted with herself and then like she goes off home and then her bag drops in a puddle and the phone breaks oh no the 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 phone number is like all warped and like like the colors have faded on it and she doesn't see him again and she's absolutely devastated. She cries. She goes to the pizza place demanding, like she like pulls out Google Translate on her phone and just puts like margarita pizza, just cheese on her pizza. She's like, just give it to me. <laughs> and she goes back to her apartment and cries some more. But she has also decided, no, this is the time I have to get my intensive French French lessons, just like Paul Henri told me to. Like, like I can navigate this. I'm stronger than I'm currently acting. And so she enrolls in, like, you know and um, like this um really intensive French course for like three weeks she's like I'm not going to apply for jobs I'm going to just spend a month immersing myself I'm going to learn the language and then like I'm going I'm going to sort myself out and she's still devastated that she's lost Paul Henri's number and then like she's she's just still feeling miserable but she's kind of fortified she's like mm-hmm. I'm going to go forward and then she goes into the college on her first day. And who does she walk past in the corridor? Paul Henri. He teaches French. Oh, my God. And that's, and like he has another job, but that's how he's like kind of making ends meet. He's also like, you know, a teach French as a foreign language teacher. And oh, this like, is so dreamy. Yeah. And then like. <laughs> She goes to her first class, like she gets a little coffee in the canteen and a little pastry and she goes up to her class and she has like all her really neat little pens out and she's like picked a really nice outfit with her little blue stripy top and her little blue glasses and he is her teacher and like there's an odd number I'm visualizing Emma in this and I'm like good for you Emma good for you (laughs) Emma honestly and like there's an odd number in the class so like for all the pair work like he comes over and he's like oh we can talk and like they start learning about each other more and like you know she gets like she's really motivated to learn a French like she's studying like every night and like she's like I just want to be able to like converse properly with him and like you know the weeks pass and they get closer and everything and he's like actually like there's this like TEFL place like you know if you have certification like you know you could teach there to make ends meet while you get like learn French to get your library job so she does that and like she applies for that and like she does well and like you know she's earning some money and like then they like she's finished her course after the month 
then he's like I'd really like to see more of you and then they start dating and she's teaching her English and then she passes like her big like you know French language acquisition exam and then she finds like she's able to do this like conversion course to do like librarian studies in like through the medium of French and she applies and she's still turned down like a lot at first but like she's like she's okay she feels strong she's kind of learned to navigate the city like she found a nicer apartment she's moving she has like her absolute like handsome like French boo by her side and yeah she passed her French exam she like manages to get like a job in this like small little independent bookshop and like it tides her over and we might know this place as Shakespeare company and like during her interview during her interview like she meets Aggie the cat and they're like oh she's so good with Aggie and she just like lets her be um so I think like she's the girl for the job she starts working there it's all just very dreamy and very nice and nothing is bad ever ever nothing is bad (laughs) everything is Good. And then it ends with him like proposing at the Eiffel Tower, and it's just so pretty oh. and lovely. And she has the perfect Instagram pic to oh, put and up it's on her like, story. It's like her first post in like a year, exactly. Oh, that she's and doing she's good. like, "Hi, dear readers, so much has happened." Yes, exactly. <laughs> and like she has this, everything is so perfectly photographed, and like the color, like you know, balance is perfectly on point, and everything is in frame. And she's decorated her lovely little apartment, and then like her put on remove in together and just everything is really good and nobody is hurt and that's my story okay. well this it was is really my cute. favorite story that's ever happened because I'm so uh-huh. full of love for our dear Emma she deserved this yes and her name is obviously Emma yeah yeah her name is Emma <laughs> even though it features... says the bookish life of Nina Hill but okay <laughs> her name is Emma that's a minor detail <laughs> that's uh no. she changes her name Emma. when she gets there you um, have to tag her. It's so, oh, I want this for you, Emma. <laughs> I want she this has for a boyfriend, everyone. but uh, okay. he's he's been cast in this as what's his he's name? Paul, Paul Henry. He's Paul, Paul Henry. Um, okay, so the bookish life of Nina Hill. That was a really cute story, but very far from. But uh, so this is one again that has been all over bookstagram and like goodreads and it was one that i just saw it was reduced on kindle i was like you know what i'm gonna get this and i'm gonna so it's a recent book it was published in 2019 which in my mind i'm like last year and i'm like wait that's two years ago now so uh, i'm there like 10 years isn't so bad right (laughs) (laughs) so um it's about nina obviously uh nina works in a local independent bookshop and um she's older than 22 she's I think she's like 27 I can't remember this and I read this recently I can't remember her age but she's she's in her late 20s mm-hmm. and uh she has mid 20s 27 is mid uh, okay okay dear uh, I disagree but um because <laughs> I have this argument with Mateo the we had time. this argument and I was on Mateo's side 27 yeah. is mid so uh, she has a cat named Philip who she chats oh. with the whole time. Uh, she has a trivia, te- trivia team, which I actually can't remember the name of. Um, and she loves to plan. Like she is an organized queen. Like 
almost to the point where I'm like, this is too much. Like, this is way too much. Um, she has her schedule and she sticks to it. And like, she's really inflexible about the schedule. So um, she spends her time working, uh, reading like she is. Obviously, it's called The Bookish Life of Nina Hill for a reason. She's mm-hmm. a big reader and uh, she studies for her trivia team. Because the one, sorry, a bit tired, uh, the one aspect or like question that like her team isn't good at is sports and um she's like gotta read about sports and um she goes to book clubs she has like a lot of them and like the names of them are really cute I actually like highlighted this in my kindle so the first Wednesday of each month was book bitches (laughs) which is contemporary (laughs) fiction which I I liked second Wednesday was sneaky spinsters golden age mysteries third Wednesday was district zero which is young adult fiction and then fourth Wednesday was the electric sheep grazing club which is science fiction yes I was like those are really cute names so um but everything is like planned in advance and we kind of see that um we learn very early on that she has ADHD and severe anxiety so like her planning everything really helps um calm her down and like keep her very grounded so we learned that she was raised by a single mother um her mom uh is uh, an international photographer so she was like always mm. traveling so Hello, she was more, yeah she was more raised by uh, a nanny who I think I wish it was kind of delved into more like that family relationship that she had that she never really saw her mum that much and there it's just something that I'm like would there not have been resentment there at all it's it's just it's odd I was like this this mm. seems odd and um she just tells Nina like the whole way growing up like I don't know who your father is like mm-hmm. could have been anybody yeah. and Nina's kind of accepted that and she's like grand and then one day she's in work and this lawyer comes in and tells her that her father has passed away and Nina's like I don't know who my father is like I'm sorry and she, he's like no no this is your father like he's named you in his will oh. um, and Damn. explains to her that her mother made um this man i think it's william reynolds sign a Sounds legal rich. document yeah he is sign hey. a legal a legal document to never be involved in her life oh. and um nina's completely thrown by this obviously and the lawyer says like she has a very large extended family because he was married multiple times he was married three times so he's had children in each marriage he he now has grandkids like she is an aunt she's a sister she's a niece all this kind of stuff and um she might have a possible inheritance she's named in the will and this just creates endless drama in her life that she does not want like she literally is like I don't care about the inheritance like I don't want anything Hmm. like I I don't know these people I'm happy here leave me alone yeah and it's kind of uh this is her anxiety is absolutely just it just begins to build from this moment on and we kind of really she says that her anxiety has a lot to do with people um she doesn't like dealing with people and it really makes her very anxious so obviously meeting a lot of people in very quick succession is a huge trigger for her and um we really see her trying to to deal with that so obviously I mean I was kind of like the the phone call with her mom about this like that she knew her 
her who her father was like she denied her that relationship and the mom was like I just didn't think he'd make a good father and yes but it's you denied that to to Nina like you could have told her even when she was an adult and let you know and I think I I was it's kind of brushed off a little bit and I was like no get angry like this is a huge thing she's denied you Mm -hmm. and yeah it's it there's a a lot of like the the big issues that I'm like why is this why isn't this being dealt with like this yeah this is pretty bad kind of big Um, deal stuff (laughs) this is really big deal stuff and um like she starts meeting members of the family and like they're all there's one obviously there's going to be people who are like oh my god we didn't even know you existed like this could be a fake person blah blah blah. and um there's people who absolutely welcome her with open arms and Mm -hmm. like some of the family members I think uh her nephew Peter is like really lovely um he's he's very flamboyant and there's I've, I've read a lot of reviews and it's what I didn't like was that there was a lot of stereotypes in this book like Peter mm-hmm. is um is gay and he's really characterized as like this very flamboyant gay very over the top mm-hmm. you know really flouts it and I'm like okay and then um it's kind of like Nina's personality like each member of the family has something of hers and I'm like your fa- your personality isn't inherited Mm-hmm. Do you know and I, I mm-hmm. found that a bit odd but I mean it it's a way for her to connect with them and you know obviously she finds out someone else suffers with anxiety and you know it, it's parts that she can bond with them uh which is great um so obviously as well there is a budding relationship for of Nina course. in this book with a, a captain from another trivia team and the oh, trivia team is like so oh I, his trivia team name I was like oh love it and it's you're a quizzard Harry <laughs> oh my god that's so good I kind of hate so like when it's, it's referenced perfect. so many times in the book I was like okay I'm beginning to find it annoying but like when I first read it I was like oh <laughs> um so there are there are a lot like of um cultural references that are kind of very geared at um our generation if not younger yeah and um yeah it can kind of get a bit much at times is it a bit tumblr oh it's more kind of I was like oh I just feel like this for an Instagram generation do you know like I was like um like there's a lot of Harry Potter references a lot of like um just a lot of memes stuff like that very BuzzFeed 2017 yeah oh actually yeah it's it's for BuzzFeed people and it's it's really like charming at times but it does get a little bit irritating because I mean I read a review and it actually made it's me like think, hyper millennial she, yeah she's supposed to be a bookworm and I'm like she reads like one book in this book like I was like all right don't this, call, come for my throat next time Becca you know um <laughs> so yeah it's it's um but we see that this relationship uh she does she's kind of um she's very she doesn't want it at the moment uh she's she's kind of more like okay she's she's scared of having something because so much is going on she doesn't she feels like she can only focus on one thing at a a time and I I really did think that the anxiety was portrayed quite well um in a from a point of view of someone who is very socially shy um I was like yeah I do get anxious around people but there are um 
there were a lot of reviews and one in particular that was scathing on Goodreads mm. like as in I was like if you don't have something positive to say like it was long oh, like it took me like five minutes to read through it oh my god it was sorry long. and I was I was there kind of going like you had nothing positive to say like yeah there's just, just there's no benefit to that ripped ever it, ripped it to shreds and I was like look just leave a rating maybe or just say not one that I enjoyed you know um anytime I write a review of a book that I didn't really enjoy I try to find something to say about it that might be positive but um it's he, also bearing in mind the writer is probably is definitely on um they might see that but it was a lot of people saying that um the writer used this as a personality trait the her ADHD her anxiety all this kind of stuff and I was like I didn't feel that when I mm -hmm. read it um that you know her anxiety only bubbles up at times and you're like yeah of course your anxiety only bubbles up at times do you know or mm -hmm. there there as things kind of get more intense her anxiety is there pretty much the whole time I mean yes there are situations that I was like how is she not anxious about this she could lose her job you know, all, I, there were situations that I was like, her reaction didn't make sense. But I think the focus was on different plot points, which mm -hmm. there was a lot of stuff that I was like, eh, you know, what's going on? So mm -hmm. um, there's a few things. I mean, uh, the first chapter, I was like, oh, I can relate to Nina so much. Uh, the first chapter is her at work and someone is trying to return a book. And they're like, um, this was the most boring book. I know my book. rights. I this is the most boring book I've ever read in my life like she does nothing the character just if she just got off her ass like she'd actually get stuff done like I don't know how people view this as a classic like this is like so boring and like Nina is offended and like they don't tell you what the book is till the very end and Nina's like Pride of Prejudice isn't it? Nina's like um, <laughs> oh Nina's like have you read it and they're like yes and she's like well you've read it you can't return it and your one is like, oh my God, like she gets so angry. And um, Nina is like, uh, she's like, the woman's like, have you even read this book? And she's like, yeah, uh, like at least 20 times. And like Nina's like in her head, she's like, it's way more than that. And I was like, same girl, same. <laughs> and uh, she she like is sassily telling her like, uh, she's like, I should be able to return this book. Like I didn't enjoy it. And she's like, do you know the concept of a library? You can join <laughs> one. And you take books out and if you don't enjoy them you can return it yes Nina. Uh, like mm. it was sassy and I was like oh damn I wanted a little bit more of that sassiness through the book but then they tell her uh she says like the book's Pride and Prejudice and I was like I feel insulted oh <laughs> um I was like damn so immediately I, I was, knew it I, I was kind you of you reread it this month didn't you I haven't reread it yet I haven't reread yeah. it. it it is I have a lot of books to go through but I'm it's gonna be I'm gonna read by in a few weeks I'd say but um, she is relatable. And then there's times where I got really irritated with her that like she couldn't change her plans or like anything like that. And I know she's kind of, she's really set in her ways and there's reasons why, but like there comes a point where you just want to shake her and you're like, oh my God, like get over yourself at times. Mental she, illness, isn't it? She gets a little bit irritating. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe that was just me, but I, I just, there was a point where I was like, I don't know if I like you that much at times which is fine you don't have to like a character but um it is a nice treat when you do so like it is. Oh, I mean it's I great know. it's great to see her growth through the books uh, or growth through the book and you you do root for her 
I prefer um, Car- Chloe's character. Yeah, I, I, I do. She's I naive, just, but she's nice. I, I just she think, is. She's just a little, a little, a uh, little like ditty, like. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> wish that maybe um, Nina showed a little bit more open mindedness towards her family and like towards her, like Tom, the the guy she starts dating, and at times, yes, I see that her anxiety absolutely I've been at times where my anxiety has just stopped me from doing something but it's to a point where she's hurting other people mm. and I I didn't like that um so there are there are many people that uh really enjoyed this book there are many people who did not like some of the reviews on Goodreads Jesus they are oh. scathing and a big thing is that people and I did I kind of agree with this that they stereotype book readers um mm, book lovers. that's kind of how it feels yeah. especially it, it like when it's like the bookworm and, and usually the people who um, say it the loudest like don't read anything and and she's right, like lads she, no, no, no it, but it's, it's kind of that um like there's a stereotype for like each kind of person who reads a genre and like they don't yeah, intersperse sure. at all and I'm like I read crime mm-hmm. I read fiction I read non-fiction like yeah yeah you know it's all over there We're all quiet and introverted it, it's, and have it's, a rich inner world it's a little bit like that and I was like okay I can get over it you know it's, it's for a book like um mm. but I mean there was things like she meets this new family and they're not in the book that often and mm. I was like some of these characters are really nice I was like flesh them out flesh them out like don't just have a little trope of them like there are some big storylines in here like for her to Mm. have a connection and I was like they weren't included and I just wanted more Mm. so I mean it is a good book it's quite charming is it plausible not at all (laughs) it's not plausible whatsoever Um, but it is a charming book I'd say it's kind of a five out of ten for me it was a bit meh and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think it, it it was a charming book, but just not one for uh, for me particularly. But um, I would Seems recommend. Like are on board with each other today. You've yeah. got a you've got a, a a BuzzFeed book. I've got a Tumblr book. Yeah, <laughs> I've got um, a Twitter book. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Oh my god. The social media books. Um, we are we are all Twitter people. <laughs> Uh, I may not be on Twitter now, but my spirit is Twitter. Oh, lads, you, are, like, you are a Twitter girl. Me and our Grim Reader Twitter, like, I'm just, oh, good luck if you see a tweet once a week, like. But uh, do interact with us on Goodreads, Instagram, Twitter. Go follow us. Uh, we love uh, getting messages from people about books they're reading or, like, any recommendations because... Yes, our to be read, our to our be read list, our, the piles are high, like, there, there are a lot of books. But, um, yeah. But uh, until next time, bye. Bye-bye. bye. Bye.